Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Exodus chapter 3 Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning. Yet it was not soon. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great side, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, with the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that I have sent you. When ye are brought the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they asked me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go, and gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness, that we be sacrificed to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by my hand. So I will stretch out my hand, and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. 
and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and all your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Exodus chapter 4 Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, or they will say, The Lord did not appear in you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. He said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Again the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, he shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow with speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O oh, my Lord, please, set someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, and Levite? They know that he can speak well. Hold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him, and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth, and I will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth. You shall be as God to him, and take in your hand the staff with which you shall do the signs. Moses went back to Jethro his father-in-law, and said to him, Please, let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son, and I say to you, My son, go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. A lodging place on the way, Lord met him and sought to put him to death. 
Then Zephorah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it, said, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was that she said a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God. They kissed him. And Moses said to Aaron, All the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak, and all the signs that he had commented him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses, and did the signs of the sight of the people. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong En Wu's teaching on the book of Exodus, chapter 3 and 4, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Let us review Exodus chapter 3 and 4. This part tells us about how God called Moses, helping to get to know God step by step, and also allow Moses to know more about himself while having conversations with God for the purpose of stepping into his destiny. So, dear family, these two chapters are connected for us on how to understand that how we could respond to our own callings and destiny committed by God. Through these two chapters, you will learn about one thing, the timeline of the calling that we must respond carefully. And secondly, whether the blessings or the prophecy from the scripture or from prophets apostles and pastors, how do we respond to these words? Our lives are being cleansed step by step that we step into the position God has planned for us. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jothra, the priest of the Midian, that he led his flock to the west sides of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountains of God. This is the same as Mount Sinai. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Verse 3, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. First, we need to pray that Lord, through vision, to reveal to us that don't just think visions only happen in the Bible. You could say that, I have never seen any vision in my life as a Christian. And you can pray to the Lord. Show me your vision. In Book of Joel, chapter 2, 28, it says that, And it shall come to pass afterwards, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. You can pray to God. Attract me with your visions. It need not be something that you see with your naked eyes. It could be something in a dream or a thought when you are praying or maybe a picture or image. So pray to God to call me with your vision. Jacob had a dream in battle and saw the glorious vision. Abraham also got to know God as well, gradually. He also saw the vision of God's promise. Dear family, do not undermine how visions could lead us in our lives. Pray to God. Call me with your word. Use your vision to reveal and inspire me. Lead me into your will. 
in my life. It is not just about getting married, having children, and live a good life, a good job. What we need is to petition that in my whole life, I want your vision to destine me with my lifelong directions. Moses sees this vision in verse four. God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, "Here I am." Let God call your name. Use vision to attract your attention, to come before Him and know how to respond. I am here. Sometimes God will call our names. A long while in the timeline, many years passed. Maybe I'm already married with a career. Perhaps you are like Joseph, a seventeen-year-old, when you see the vision, and possibly that you're like Moses at age eighty. You're later in life, but in most years has passed, or maybe I'm already retired. But God's vision comes. You need to hear it clearly. Secondly, pray to God to allow me to respond rightly to your calling, God. In verse five and six, and He said, "Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground." And He said, "I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Telling him to remove his sandals is not because Moses' feet are dirty; it's just to let him know that this is holy ground. And what you need to pray is this: make your heart completely consecrated, and to give to to the Lord. Those sandals could symbolize your savings, your retirement, your work, possibly something in your life that hinders you, that you think that your sandals are helping you to walk comfortably on the road. No, it's not only means that you need about humilities and humble before the Lord. It means that that I will separate myself to anything that belongs to the world, and I want to come before you, Lord, who called me. And this is a call of sanctification. This is the first right response. And second, then the Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard." Their cry because of their taskmasters. I know of their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out that land to a good broad land, and to the place of Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. In our lives today, perhaps we need not to lead Israel out of Egypt. But God need our church to accomplish His work in the end time. There are also people around me living in dark. God wants to use me to share the gospel with them, bring them light, healing, and strength. You will meet some people today. So pray to God, Lord, give me this calling with Your grace. Their sufferings and hardship, God see it all. Their stress, God knows. God will lead them out of it. I am your vessel, and lead me. So God called Moses. So let's see how Moses responded in verse eleven. Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses eventually made four excuses when God called him to do this. First time, who am I? I'm a nobody. How could I talk to the the king of Egypt? 
Sometimes God will call us to talk to someone out of our league, maybe a chancellor of a famous university, a commissioner of law, or even a congressman. I can't just be a CEO of a big company. You said to yourself, when God call you to gain that position, He shall make a way for you. We start with people around us to lead them to God. He will increase His authority to speak to us. Look at verse twelve in detail. He said. But I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. And when you have brought people out of Egypt, you shall serve people, serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, "If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, 'The God of your fathers has sent me to you,' and they ask me, 'What is his name?' What shall I say to them?" Dear family, you can see here, God's. Power can cross over our weaknesses, our or in our natural self. He understands and he sees it when we communicate with him, that he can understand our worries and fears. So God continued to reveal to Moses. The first step to respond to your call is to listen. The second step is you shall ask God to reveal more and show you more of Himself to you, so you can truly know Him. God said to Moses, "I am." Who I am, and he said, "Say this to the people of Israel: I am has sent me to you. Say this to the people of Israel: The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. God revealed Himself." So why so many Christians cannot step into their calling? First, we do not care for sanctification or consecration. We only care if God listens to our prayers, to what our needs are, and to fulfill our desires. The first thing to do is to remove your sandals or shoes, separate the connection to the world, and offer yourself to God. I respond after I hear you, God. And second, God revealed to me. Let me know. You more, God. I have so much blind sight. Many things I do not know. Reveal to me through your promise, destiny, and glorious glory, power, and revelations. Speak to my heart. Even if I have areas I don't understand, I have weaknesses and fears, and you can overcome or cross over all that and show me your will. In third point, in verse sixteen. It says that go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, and in verse eighteen, and they will listen to your voice. Now remember this: they will listen to your voice. Sometimes we receive God's blessings and His revelations pour into me. We feel we need to share the gospel. We feel that、like、we need to act immediately to start a ministry, a home group. We have so much passion that we want to do something for them. Once we hear the call, we can't wait to figure out God's plan first. Forty years ago, Moses was the same way. He beat an Egyptian to death and argued with Hebrew people. That's what no one listened to him. So your strategic plan must come from God. Those who know to respond to God are sanctified. They can understand God's will in His heart. These things will help you through all kinds of problems when you serve. Lots of times we failed. We tell God, "I gave up. You call me, and you did not help me." 
Moses went through all that suffering. I thought I was following your will. And when I'm facing so many difficulties, one after another, the more I obey, more difficult it gets, it seems. As is what Moses experienced. You need to know God's plan. God told Moses, the elders will listen to your voice. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that will do in it. After, he will let you go, and you shall not go empty. You shall put on silver, gold, jewelry for clothing, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Remember all this mentioned here in chapter 3. Once you receive God's plan and strategy, then ask God for resources. According to your promise, according to your fullness, release the resources to us. You will provide us. There will be difficulties. The Pharaoh will not let us go. He will only let us go after you strike with signs and wonders and compel him to let us go. God revealed all his plans and strategies to Moses, and Moses gets it. So pray to God to give us the years to hear that I want to respond to your calling, and I will remove my sandals. I want to know you deeper, and I know you are the Lord, the great I am. Your name will last forever. Lord, I want to know your plan. Teach me who to gather, who will listen to me, and who will reject me, and provide me with resources. Therefore, nothing that we can do in this ministry, the only thing we can do is to trust God. In chapter 4, Moses says, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. God just told him. The plan is to gather the elders, and they will listen to your voice. And Moses replied, They will not believe me. This is how men normally react. Our feelings is greater than God's word. That I am feeling scared, I am feeling painful, fearful, and feel also real to me. And I've forgotten that what God said to me. Today, you say to God and pray that, Help me change. So that your word is always greater than my own feelings. That your word, your commitment, your leadership will always be greater than the fear inside me. In my struggle and greater than my difficulties. Now, verses 2-4. to four, God wanted Moses to do three signs of wonders. First, throw the staff on the ground and it will become a serpent. And then you catch it by the tail and hold in your hand it becomes a staff so that they may believe that he is the Lord. The second sign of wonder is putting his hand inside a cloak, and when he takes the hand out, the hand was leprous like snow, and then put the hand back in the cloak, and when you took it out, it was restored again. If they still don't believe, there is a third sign of wonder. Take some water from the Nile River and pour it on the dry ground, and the water becomes blood on the dry ground. So, are these magic acts? Why would they believe me? These are not magic acts. God is showing Moses three spiritual principles. First is that God's authority is always greater than any authority on earth. The staff symbolizes authority. And when dropped the staff on the ground, he becomes a serpent. And then he holds it again by the tail, he becomes a staff, meaning that all authorities are in God's hand. This is about the confirmment of authority by God. 
we can do our part of work with it. Second, you need to know that the need to overcome our deepest fear. Leprosy is the most horrible disease that's not curable at that time. Once caught it, you may have to amputate your limbs. Just like today, even with the advanced medicines, we cannot cure cancers. It's like if we call by God today and we put our hand in the pocket and pull it out, it becomes cancerous. And you put it back in and take it out again, it gets healed. It is not that the disease is scary. It is about the things that we can overcome that we are fearful inside. God taught Moses one thing here. Power comes from God. To receive his power, you must overcome the things you fear most in your life. It could be sicknesses or finances or reputations, sudden accidents. So you must overcome these, these fears. Number four, water becomes blood. Water symbolizes life. So does blood and death. The source, protection, and destination of life all come from God. We don't understand what Moses did is about, but the Hebrew people at that time, they do understand. No matter if it is about authority or fear in life or about power and how we see God's provision, assistance, and protections in our lives, these three things is to let the Israelites know that God is the source of it all. How about you? In verse 10, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. God said to him, Who has made the man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? You see, prior to this, God was very patient with Moses. He encouraged him, helped him process his fear. But in verse 13, Moses said to God, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. He made excuses four times to decline God's calling. In verse 14, Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Now, why didn't God get mad at Moses before? Because God had supported him through his weaknesses, fear, and failures with his grace. But God does not want man to continue to live in shame and in fear and in terror. So God's anger is not about calling him useless. It is more like a deep sigh. Child, you can stand up to this and do not be dismayed. Do not fear. Rise up. Rise up. This is how God expresses anger. Don't get scared of God's anger. No, he sees our calling and destiny. He does not want to see us living with shame, weaknesses, and in fear. He wants to tell us that we have authority. We have the power to overcome fears. We can bring life into death. God had called Moses. This is God's love for us. He's calling for us. He said to Moses, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, you'll be glad in his heart. In verse 21, And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, so you see that you do before the Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart, and so he will not let people go. I'm telling you, there will be difficulties. It's not going to be smooth. That's what God's saying to Moses. You need to be prepared. So you see how meticulous God's love and guidance are. God sympathizes with our weaknesses. On the other hand, 
he takes care of us, reminds us, and forces us to be brave because he loves us. He really hates that iron cannot become steel, a Chinese proverb meaning that we're not living up to our potential. Yet, he still reminds us. Verse 22, Then you shall say to the Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. So why God has to be so harsh here? Because God wants to eradicate the continuations of sin of disobedience against him among Egyptians. He wants to purify and cleanse. So what about these innocent lives of these firstborns in Egypt, he said? It is not like that. Because these young lives might be lost on earth, but they are with God now. And God has the best plan. He may seem as harsh treatments, but most importantly, he wants to turn mankind's heart to him. Even for Egyptians, he wanted them to receive salvation and to know he is God. So something special happened in verses 24 to 26. God said he wants to kill the firstborns of Egypt. But here, this is something here, that Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Did God want to kill Moses or Jershon? It is very possible that he was Moses' son. Moses did not circumcise his sons on the eighth day. So he did not follow the laws of Abraham according to the ordinances of the promise to be part of the sanctified life. Before cleansing, God wants to cleanse his children first. Moses did not follow the law. The judgment will first come to the ones that who serve God. So for those who serve God, we must fear the Lord. God will judge the entire land, but his cleansing will first come to the church. This is a reminder that we need to fear God. After Sephiroth circumcised her son, God's protection come. So Aaron met up with Moses, and the people believed. And they heard that the Lord has visited the people of Israel, and that he has seen their afflictions. So they bowed their heads and worshipped. God is true to his words. When people of Israel gathered and they listened to Moses, his, Moses is learning gradually, step by step. God granted him authority, power, sanctification. So, dear family, one very important matter in chapters 3 and 4 is that you must understand how to respond to God's calling. For you young people who want to serve God full-time, or if you want to serve God while working, and some brothers and sisters that you're about to retire, and you want to be like ministers to serve God and love God, you must read chapters 3 and 4 very well. Pray to God to attract you with His vision. Separate and consecrate yourself and come before God and truly petition to God to reveal and to know His wisdom. Seek God to put His strategy with you, not relying on your flesh, passion of your natural self and desiring to do something for Him on your own, with your own way. It's about putting yourself in God's hands first. Resources will come. You may think, I have money and time to offer, but oftentimes God asks us to do what's beyond our own ability. The more you empty yourself of all resources, including resources of Egypt, God will put them in your hands to use together. So know how to respond to God's calling and know how to overcome your own weaknesses and trust God when He's angry with us and lift us up because He does not want us to live timidly in fear and in terror. Be brave for God.